Welcome to On the Bluff, a Bluff City Media audio podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, Gabe Kuhn and Christian Fowler. Now, let's get to the show. Christian Fowler here with the big fella, Gabe Kuhn, with the as big always. Fella. What's up, big fella? How you doing? Man, I like the new intro music, man. I'm a fan. I wish John Jones would have come out to it. Gosh. He came out to some 50 song, some 50 yeah. cent song. And then the champ is here. Yeah. Shout out. Shout That's out. That's cool. That's cool. What you doing, man? You good? I'm great. You have a good weekend? Oh, yeah. Great. Wonderful watch the fights. Weekend. I think everyone was... Uh, if you didn't watch the fights, at a, well, what are you they doing? were we're at a, at a get-together to go watch the fights. Yep. Every one person orders it and about 15 people follow. Yep. That's how it goes. Crawfish boil. Oh, yeah. The one I didn't get invited to. We didn't have, We didn't officially get the invite. And then, once again, Kidding. neither one of you would have come? Yeah, well, I... <laughs> That's a strong assumption. <laughs> well, that's a strong maybe assumption. Next I time. could have. Maybe the Connor, maybe the Connor Michael fight. I'll send you an invite. Okay. Okay. Let's see if you. Swing. How far is it? Where? 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 where whereabouts? Isle of Branch. Okay. Yeah. See, that's why. Okay. It's out of the way. Yeah. What about you this weekend? I uh, hung out um, and then went to a buddy's house for the fights. That's about it, dude. That's about it. Boring. Pretty low key. Yeah. Very low key. Very very low key. I'm trying to think. Watch of what a bunch I did of college ball Saturday and Sunday. I'm trying to think of what I did on Friday, but I think I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday, brother. It's okay. That's all. That's all. Not that I should know your schedule, Christian, but I think you went out to dinner with Faith. No. Nope. Didn't happen. No. Nope. We went last night. <laughs> that's you. what he told me he did, Gabe. I don't. He that's said I'm not. He true. said I'm going out to dinner with Faith. No, I said that on for Sunday. I'm joking, Faith. Where'd you go Sunday? Uh, we were going to go to Cafe Piazza right around the street from where we're at right now in the Kyrieville Square, but we were both kind of dead, so we just went to Aldo's. Well, big news. I finally got uh, some, some food before I came to record. Yeah. Y'all always give me uh, give me the, the shit for that. <laughs> Y'all give me... And I understand your, your meal wasn't even right. Yeah, I went to Wendy's out here in Collierville, good old Collierville, and they uh, they decided they were going to screw up my order <laughs> i got a baconator in a uh, well well-balanced meal by the way if you look at me you know that i eat a lot of well-balanced meals yeah got a baconator and a uh, small frosty gave me a double cheeseburger i would fry and no frosty no frosty yeah and that's sad that is tough hey, well is that where are you at on fro- are you a frosty oh, guy? i love frosty. I, love I throw hands if they didn't give me that frosty yeah the, the old well no I, I definitely tapped on the glass i said y'all are giving me my frosty the only downside of that is i know you ultimately got fries but you didn't order fries with the frosty i didn't eat the fries but that's the way to go the fries and the, the frosty. fries and the frosty is yeah. elite but i guess you were trying to do this while driving and so that probably I, so the best thing um I also had a friend who used to, this is ridiculous, this is ridiculous, full disclosure, used to dip their burger in their Frosty. See, that's where I can't get there. Yeah. Like the last couple bites where you can dip it in. Yeah. To, yeah. Even, if I, even if I knew it was the fry, good. The salty and the sweet with the fries in the Frosty. Yeah. That that pops off. But the burger? But the burger, no. Like A, a little too much. Yeah. Like Especially a, if you've got like. Ketchup and cheese, yeah, cheese, cheese and a frosty. Cheese and a frosty is probably not. The <laughs> if you have like lettuce, ketchup, tomato on it, like what are we How, doing? Yeah, it's no. nasty. No. If you got it straight up, plain, maybe. But Gnarly. even if I knew it was good, I don't think I'd do it. Yeah, I don't think I'd send it like. But that. Wendy's fed me, so that was good. Yeah, I have a, I have a decently full stomach. I am, yeah. uh, I'm in no need of sustenance. Right 
Had I know a little, that's a big point of contention with you guys. It is. Show you know, we don't want you out here starving. <laughs> yeah, I'm withering away. Yeah. If you can't tell, I'm just withering away. Uh, we know you don't have much reserve, so <laughs> yeah, right, like, yeah. get it when you can. Yeah, isn't that how it works, though? If you stop, if you're not eating a lot, it it, done it, it takes away from muscle first. It's though, called right? ketosis. Yeah, but muscle, that's, yeah, keto. It's like a keto right. diet, but it takes away from muscle first, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Or does it get into your fat reserves immediately? Yeah, and you got more muscle than fat for sure. <sighs> Well, I mean, yeah, um, yeah, most people do, but, but how much more muscle than fat I is mean, what we got to, that's where the real discussion you're, starts. You're built like a brick wall. Like a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Thank you. He almost, he almost called you a brick house. No. Yeah. A brick shit house, like I called Cyril Gahn last yeah. week. Yeah. I, I was thinking that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not built like Cyril Gahn, though. No, you're not built like Cyril Gahn. I guess it doesn't matter, though, because Cyril Gahn got murdered. Just... Which we'll get into that. Child's play. We're gonna we're gonna full deep dive on that later because that's what we do here. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're here for. Uh, We're not here for preliminary discussions. We're here to go deep. Okay, go deep. Yeah. Hashtag go deep. The new slogan of the pod. Nice. Um, Nice. Any any uh, (laughs) it's Kenny's laugh that always gets me. (laughs) His little (laughs) from back in the back as he's over there texting, not paying a lick of attention. Uh, see, huh? See, you good? What'd you say? See, Kenny, what was your weekend like? Good? Yeah, man, it was busy. Uh, a lot of good sports stuff. But Sunday afternoon, on the way back from the Houston game, I called Christian, and no, he Christian called me, and I answered the phone driving, and I think I was asleep. Yeah. Like I was dead. Oh, people, by the way, got mad at me last week for deader than Elvis. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah let's talk what's about, that that? about what's that. What's that about? I don't Why know. Did they He's get been mad dead since the seventies, brother. Yeah. It's no, like, no, no. So people were like, "Did you ruin the plot?" They, no, they said like, it's not funny in Memphis to make that joke. They, not, they didn't say it's not funny in general. They said it's not funny in Memphis, and it's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Know, like, he's been dead for fifty years. It's not a surprise that he's dead. Yeah, no. I don't feel like it's a disrespect. Like you're not, you're not taking a like dump you can't. On the guy all, all I'm saying is you can't. Maybe somebody will say it's always too soon to bring up the dead. It's clearly not too soon. It happened in what the 70, yeah. 77? You weren't making fun of Elvis. No, death. I was making fun of myself. Yeah, right. it was a joke on himself. Yeah. Plus, but, everybody's gonna die anyway. So, like, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. To, to, to anyone I offended out there. So honestly, on the better than Elvis joke. When I in was Memphis, when I was tweeting it, I was like, I bet someone's gonna someone, say something. Yeah, about someone. This. But usually, it's like first name, bunch of numbers, like yeah. saying something. Yeah. I think that's what it was. It kind of was for yeah. the most part. But oh yeah, I was in, stay away from it. Apparently, stay I was away. in uh, I was in Chattanooga all week. I forgot about that. Oh really? Yeah, work. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh, yo, and by the way, you got an award for 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 some two awards, two awards. for for yeah. some of that work. Yeah. Should, shout out. Do you care to disclose what the awards were exactly for? Yeah, specifically, it was best curb appeal. Yes. And best element. Best element. Yeah. So like so. What we're talking about here is my my dad owns a hardscaping company, Rock Hard Hardscaping. Shout out, pops! I got you. Uh, you like that name? Rock Hard, Rock and Hard. Go Deep already. Yeah, Rock Hard <laughs> Hardscaping. There we go. Uh, slogan for Rock Hard Hardscaping is "Pavers Well Laid." Okay. Yeah. There you go. Your dad is awesome. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> Shout out. He gets it for sure. Um, but yeah, we were in Chattanooga for uh, the award ceremony, and we got those two. So the best congrats. Best, best curb appeal was uh, a big. TriStar driveway in Dresden, Tennessee. Pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, it was a fireplace in Alton 2 in Tennessee. 
Yeah, get recognition. Everybody loves loves a little recognition. Oh yeah, and that's a kind of funny thing. Like, so the guys that put it on, obviously, we they're the distributors of the products that we buy and stuff. My dad's always called himself Batman, and so okay. there's like 350 contractors here. And they call him up for the award, and they play the old like 1960s like Adam West Batman theme song. So and when they announce that we win the award, it goes Batman. Why is he Batman though? He has a very very inflated ego. Really? Yeah. It sounds like it's well placed though. I mean, yeah, somewhat, somewhat, but yeah, he's Batman. He's always been Batman. Okay, gotcha. Anyways, gotcha. Yeah. So Chattanooga. Not fun, but brought home some hardware. That's all that matters. Rock hard getting dubs. Um, speaking of getting dubs, Memphis did not get one on Sunday. Great Sorry. transition. Hell of a transition. Sorry brother. for the uh, the downer. Real professional. Yeah, I try. Um, I don't know, man. I, I was very, I don't want to say very, but I was I was pretty confident Memphis was going to win this game. Um, Regardless of the outcome... I mean, shout out Jamal Shedd for hitting that shot. May have pushed off, but Stones, whatever. Stones. I mean, you, you, for refs, you know, calling that in that moment, that's tough to blow that whistle. Yeah. Um, I think overwhelmingly, I feel great and positive about everything about Sunday. The, yeah. The crowd out there, eighteen thousand deep. We got the stripe thing done. We had white. We had blue. Um, you had guys step up. Malcolm Dandridge step, uh, stepped up. Chandler, Chandler Lawson stepped up. Um, you were down by nine to the number one team in the country at home. At half. And came back and tied that ball game up, gave, your chance, gave yourself a chance to win. Yeah. And like, I think that in itself should be looked at incredibly positively. Yeah. And, I mean, just to have a chance to win that game, I, I, I give hats off. But of course, it has to come in heartbreaking fashion. Yeah, of course, of course. Two, two. I mean, the the one against Seton Hall and this one, just brutal, man. Would y'all have rather Houston win by eight, nine, ten, yes. eleven over a buzzer beater? Kind of. I would. I mean, like, <laughs> for, heart, so for like, get your fan, heart ripped. Out. Right. So for fans, as far as like heartbreak, absolutely, you'd rather lose big than lose on a buzzer beater. But as far as like national respect That's and I mean. committee. A hundred percent. You'd yeah, rather yeah. lose on a buzzer beater because you had every opportunity to win this game. I mean, when Kendrick Davis makes that layup, it's like, oh, we're going to overtime and Memphis is going to win this game. Like yeah. They have every bit of momentum and Elijah right McCadden now. And played good defense against Jamal Shedd Absolutely. on that final was, possession. Yeah. He couldn't do anything about it. No. That was just you know why he didn't, You know why moment. he didn't get that foul call? I mean, obviously, the end of the game, they're right. not going to – the push-off, they're not going to really call much. But the way, if you look at it on the TV – It was slick. It was a slick move – but it almost the way that uh, the way that Eli kind of went backwards, it made it look like he was reacting to try to come back, like, like he, he got, was sagging like off, he got, like he got just skated, like yeah. he just got skated like, on like, that play. It's it's kind of like the Michael Jordan on that crazy shot, he right. using the guy's momentum against himself yeah. and getting a little bit of a push. If off. Elijah had fallen, they might have called it. Yeah, but he didn't fall. But he was playing tough defense, yeah. and uh, Jamal Shedd used his. Uh, momentum against them in that moment and I thought it could have been called but yeah you you can't make that call in that moment but I mean regardless when you look at it if you when you look at it overall like Memphis very easily could have won this game and their second best player did not play well you're right De- DeAndre Williams was in foul trouble the entire game 
he still played 30 minutes, but it just it felt like he couldn't get that momentum that he usually gets. Like he couldn't get into any kind of rhythm. Eight points, six assists, three steals. Uh, he had some sequences where he played really well, but he had to play timid with those. Fa- I mean, picked yeah. up. Did he pick up his third in the second half, or was it at the end of the first half? I think I, I don't know because at the end of the first half, I want to say sure. he had three at half. I don't think he did. <laughs> I think he only had two because Penny had taken him out, but he put then, him back and in. he put him back in, and then took him out before the like. I think he was on the bench at the end of the first half. I think he got that foul. He he kind of got lucky with that, but I think he he got his two fouls in the first half, two fouls in the second half. I think could I have been. Yeah, that might be right. Yeah, it could be, but, but it was it was constant in and out, which is not which is not the norm for him, obviously. And offensively, he just he was just out of rhythm. He was yeah, out of and he only, he only took seven shots. Yeah, and he only made two. Yeah. Like Most he just, of his j- damage was at the free throw line. Half of his yeah, points were at the half free his throw points were at the free throw line. I don't think he had any points in the paint, right? Because he hit that. I think he hit like an elbow jumper, and I think he hit one like maybe right at the top of the free throw line, like a like a. It was the uh, fadeaway early, yeah. so I don't think he really scored any points in the paint. Um, Memphis missed a fair amount of layups, which was damaging. Yes, you had some some missed bunnies. Specifically, I there was a possession where I think Kendrick missed two layups. Malcolm missed a couple layups, but overall, that's just being nitpicky. Like this team played their butts off in the biggest game of the year on and the it's biggest Houston stage, and it's right. right Houston's it's defense tough. is nuts. Like I know, I know everybody wanted Memphis to win this game in the city, but man, that team is is good, mm-hmm. and it's more. It, to me, it's more the coaching than the players. Kelvin Sampson yes. is absurdly good. It's funny because, like, I think Marcus Sasser's a great player. Like, I think Jairus Walker's a great player. But every single year, including last year when Marcus Sasser was out with a torn ACL, Kelvin Sampson gets the most out of all his role players year in, year out. Jamal Shedd, Tremont Mark, Juwan Roberts. uh, Going back, you had Quentin Grimes was the main guy. Dejan Giroux ran everything. Like, his role players are the the – parts of his team that put them over the edge yeah like because you don't get those just massive nights at the office from Marcus Sasser every single game no. or from Jared Walker have to. Marcus Sasser the other day was I thought relatively average 13 points didn't shoot a high percentage from the field turned the nope. ball over a few times but Jamal Shedd was great Tremont Mark, Mark was great and they made up the difference when yep. those guys, when 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 the two main guys, Jarris Walker and Marcus Sasser, didn't show up in a massive way. Yeah. Um, so Kenny, you want to roll? We got a we got a clip of Kendrick Davis. He had some uh, some pretty interesting thoughts on Houston after the game. You want to roll that clip real quick? Yeah. Let, let me roll it for y'all. Just this is post game afterwards. Obviously, very upset. I just took it as any other game. Like I said. Uh, I watched it. It hurt it just because I'm from Houston, not because of who we was playing. You know, I had my family down there, and uh, I just wanted to play just because I feel like they beatable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really don't look at them like that. Like, they don't, you know, they don't fear me. I don't I don't think they guards are great. Like, I, I, I live for these moments. And, uh, man, hats off to Jamal Shea made two big-time big plays, I think, you know, me personally, I think that's their engine. That's their best player to me. So he, you know, he he made big time shots and um, 
hats off to them. Kedrick, I know you guys have a few games to win before you get there, but how bad do you want these guys next Sunday? Bad. It's <laughs> on my mind. Bad. bad. <laughs> yeah, straight up That's bad. Um, I, I don't blame him for feeling that way. Not at all. About their team. Like, they, they, like just oh, as far as the appeal of that roster, yeah. I, like, no one is overly terrifying. No. I guess Jairus Walker and Marcus Sasser can be those guys, but they weren't in that game. Schematically, they're just perfect, though. Did that not come across, though, as kind of shots towards Sasser? A little oh, bit? it definitely yeah, was. Yeah, 100%. It definitely was. Like, because, and I hear a lot of people, like, and, and, and Kelvin Sampson said the same thing about him being the AAC player of the year over Kendrick. No. No. Yeah, I mean, absolutely not. If you heard what we had to say last week, we clearly think <laughs> right. that Kendrick Davis should should I be the player of the year. I think everyone should think Kendrick Davis should too. be player of the year. I do too, man. What he's done this year, what? Okay, so we were talking but about last year. I mean, it's, there should. I know you're not going to base it off last year, but the carryover and the consistency. Come on, yeah. man. I, okay, so we were talking about this before we started recording. Memphis is sitting at twenty three and eight and thirteen and five in the conference. Buzzer beater lost to Seton Hall. Buzzer beater lost to Houston. Double overtime against UCF, overtime against Tulane. Yep, that's four games that yep. if a couple a couple shots would have bounced differently, they win. They're twenty seven and four, and what? That's three conference losses. So they'd only have they'd only have two. They'd have yep. two conference losses on the year. And think about sixteen this, and two in conference. I mean, even if you just switch two of those and get it to twenty five and six, good God! I mean, that's top twenty five team weeks ago. Yeah, and like in. The two that I'm talking about, Seton Hall should have been a win. Yes. Bank in by a guy who doesn't shoot three balls. Right. Just got lucky as yeah. hell. And then the the UCF game where they gacked it up down the stretch and they had a lead the entire time. Yeah. Like, th- this this team, it's funny because I think that game at Temple, they got lucky. But yeah. most of the time in those in-game situations. They have not. They are not a lucky team. No. They get the, the, the bad end of the stick when it comes to sort of late, late, shots that that could put the other team over the top yeah so I mean you know my sentiment on this Kendrick Davis man he has been he's been awesome and obviously we watched him some while he was at SMU but to watch him on a night in and night out basis and see just the absolute consistency that this dude has like you can count on one hand how many off games he's had this year if he's even had and Multiple even off his games. off games, I look up and he has twenty three and seven assists. Yeah, I mean like his off games are like okay, he had five turnovers that game. And he looked out of sync for parts of it, but he still had nineteen points. Yeah, I mean still filled it up. Twenty one and a half points, eleventh in the country. Three and three point seven rebounds per game. Five point six assists per game. Twentieth in the country hell, and two point two steals. A game. Hell, I don't know how you felt about this or Kenny. I want to. I want to hear your thoughts. There were parts during that SMU game at SMU. That they won by 19, where I was like, Kendrick looks out of it. Yeah. It doesn't look right. But he had 23 points and 10 assists. Right. You just look up and you go, damn. Yeah. Fills up the stat sheet like no one Penny's ever had. Like like very few have in Tiger history. By the way, I found out. Have y'all wondered kind of what, not to go back to the SMU game because that's over and done with, but, you know, the narrative coming out was what Penny said after about the student section and all that kind of stuff. I know there were some rumors about things that were being said, but I found out what, what really pissed them off. What happened? There was a row of guys in the student section that were wearing T-shirts that said, Kendrick Jr. is a bitch. Oh, his kid. His son? Okay, that, yeah, that's over the line. 
Yeah, that's way too far. That's, that's what I said. That is way too it's far. It's a bitch. Yeah. Are we being serious? What's he like two years old? Not even. You know how weird you have to be? To, to be like, oh yeah, you we're going to go. damn weird you have we're to gonna be? Have, we're going to go to that level. Yeah. Like the tra- but here's what I'll say on the on the face value. The, the traitor stuff and the FKD stuff. That's whatever. That right. comes with the territory. Yeah, that's part. Of, you that's know whatever. that's coming. Kendrick Jr. Yeah, that's. You got to be a weird person. To go to that even far. think of. To, to put even the think of that. Time and energy to get a t-shirt made. Yeah. Like, what a weirdo. Yeah, that is quite You said strange. it was a whole row of dudes? A whole row. Well, and I also find that funny considering there was how many people in there? 52. There was, they, like maybe the announced attendance 70. was the announced attendance was sixty seven people. <laughs> yeah, right, like, good lord, man! Don't you have better things to do than go watch that basketball team? Nope. Yeah, you have to go call Kendrick Kendrick Junior a bitch. Yep. What the hell? God, there's weird people. There among are us guys. There are very strange. This is why. People. This is why I, I I'm weary of folks. This is why I'm weary of people. Yes. You think? Yeah. Let's see. I'm, 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 going, I'm looking business, at the announced attendance. Four four thousand three hundred thirty-two. And the capacity is it's bullshit, man. The, capa- no the capacity is seven thousand. So that's saying There's it was no over halfway sold out. There's no way they had four thousand in SMU. No, no shot. Like zero percent. Fifteen hundred. I do think Penny step. Going back to that, Penny saying that's what SMU's all about. I think that's a little unfair. Like I love when Penny does come that. Come on, though. come on, man. That's I, a, I love it. You can't. You can't. I mean, a row of guys wearing stupid T-shirts I does lo- not I, I love define exactly who SMU is as an institution. I love when Penny drops bombs on folks. I'm not gonna lie because it carries so much weight. Well, and, it, and it's refreshing. You know, to an extent, it's refreshing because it's it's just different. It's not just the same old run of the mill stuff. It's throwing something else out there. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he was right. <laughs> I mean, he would probably, t- he'd saying. probably take it back. But it doesn't matter, though. He did it, and I love it. Yeah, I okay, love when he does that stuff. I really do. All right, Gabe. So I want to take a look forward to the conference tournament coming up this weekend. Obviously, it starts on Thursday. Uh, Memphis will play their first game on Friday. But before we start breaking down the conference tournament, we'll go through some of these scenarios and. What the uh, what the weekend could potentially look like for Memphis? Let's do kind of a quick recap and right. overview of the regular season and and what we thought. Um, I thought managed really well. Very few times when they lost was I just like devastated by said loss. The the sweep by Tulane stinks, you know. The loss to SLU didn't look bad at the time. It looks worse now. Although SLU is going to compete for the A10 title, yeah. we'll see. Um, but like when you look at some of the wins they they got this year, VCU that's a good win. Even though VCU is some a quad two team, but they won the A10 regular season title. Yeah. Auburn good win. A and M really great, good win. <laughs> yeah. Great win. Hell, first game of the year. I, I left this out. Vandy looks great right yeah. now. Vandy's that's, Vandy's been the giant <laughs> slayer in the balling, SEC. Man. man, they've been they've killing been Jerry, everybody. Jerry Stackhouse finally has it going. Yeah. Um, but then everything else, like in conference, just workmanlike. Like by the end of the thing. When you're talking about a team that's 14 and four, second in the conference, I don't know how you could ask for much more with Houston being um, sort of number one. Like it's just, I, I I thought managed as well as we have seen Penny Hardaway and this team, this program managed since he's been the coach. Yeah, easily Penny's best coaching job of his career. He's done a really a phenomenal job. I, I mean, let's just call it what it is. He's done a phenomenal job. As I mentioned earlier, this team could have easily not had as many losses as they do 
But twenty three and eight and thirteen and five is is nothing to to blink about. I mean, like yeah. that is, I think that's beyond any any realistic expectation. Yeah, what he what he's and done this year. I have said this, um, you know, on my radio show, and I have said it a few times um, between the start of the season and where we're at now. But the mindset change from the previous two years to this year, where you don't have five star guys, where you're dealing with older guys and going into the year the past two years you have Memphis Madness and you're hyping everybody up. We have the number one recruit in the class. He yeah. reclassified, yada, yada, yada. To see the mindset switch to what it was this year where nothing got hyped up and you have just results versus then where you're underachieving the result or the expectations you set. Yeah. Like that that mindset change to me means a lot about where the trajectory of this program could go now because I think Penny has figured out how to mesh his rosters. You're going to have some young guys. You're going to have to mix it in with some uh, transfers. I just I, I feel more positively than I have ever in the Penny Hardaway era about the trajectory of the program as a whole. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it went from star-studded to lunch pail. Yeah. Overnight, pretty right. much. Right. Straight up, like you said, workman-like mentality, lunch pail, get in and get out. And that is... <laughs> That is really refreshing to see because I think I think the city needed to see that. I think the program obviously needed that, and I don't know. It was it was it was a big year. This was I mean let's just call it like it, it was a big year for this program. I yes. mean you've you've had so out of the many, IARP BS right like moving through that and and being in the tournament for the second straight year likely like I, I mean come on man I. I there are a lot of people that will continue to use recycled narratives yep. to talk about Penny Hardway. Oh, That's course. fine. They'll figure it out eventually. But like this year, more so than any other year, I am convinced that this program is headed in a tremendous direction, like truthfully. Yeah, and when you when you go back to where this team was, you know, a month, month and a half ago, we're talking about losing two out of three games to Tulane and UCF and not playing well against East Carolina at, at this point in the season, you and I were talking about what is this going to look like? You, you know, yeah. like they, cause they started out the season really hot. You know, they, they had the stretch where they lost to, uh, to Seton Hall and St. Louis. And they went on a nice winning streak after that kind of running through the sec, ultimately lost to Bama bounced back with the win over A&M. And then when conference play started, we were like, Oh man, like Damn, they've lost gave up their way gas. too many points against South Florida lost to Tulane. Yeah. Uh, played a really tight game with East Carolina where they didn't look their best. Lost to UCF, yeah. so you're, you're you're responding, and you're and you're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And I think we had an episode after that Temple game where it was sixty fifty nine. They had to have a last second shot, yeah, to put in. But they just they they persevered through the whole thing, yeah. Right, and like there were some nasty lows at the beginning of the conference schedule for whatever reason, but they righted the ship and the consistency from that Temple game on, man. Yeah. I really lose. feel like that was the launching point for this team. You lose Tulane and then Houston twice, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that Temple game, I think they were favored to win by probably like 10 in that game. They didn't play yeah. good. It was a just a nasty, ugly yep. game, and they ended up pulling it off off a buzzer beater. And it's like ever, ever since that point, this team has felt different. Mm -hmm. They've had a different kind of swag about them since that game, and they've – when you look at that point on in the season, like they've played really, really good ball. And I think they had to find 
through the beginning of that conference schedule because you didn't like I don't know if any of the newer guys, the newer transfers, the role players had any. And I'm talking about Keontae, Elijah, Elijah, guys like that. They didn't have enough experience in Penny's system under their belt to really hit their stride. At that point, but I think year. after that Temple game, you saw all those guys start to hit stride. Yeah. Keontae, Elijah, Demaria had his moments, yeah. although he wasn't great the other other night or other day. Um, he's looked good through this stretch of basketball. So, like you, you had to bring guys along as the season went along, and there were growing pains, but. Ultimately, twenty three and eight, fourteen and four in conference. Yep. So that kind of that kind of recaps the season. Like I said, I think it's a great year, but it ain't over, and that's the best part of it. I mean, you've got conference tournament staring you down at the end of this week. I think it's really staring you down too, man. It is. You got the winner of SMU UCF. Yeah. It's gonna be UCF likely. Yeah. But that's like I have not been worried about any games. Like I think the the game against Houston was no pressure. I guess Cincinnati, you get a little bit worried, but they handled business. Yeah, uh, SMU zero pressure at all. Like this will be the first time in a while where I think you play that UCF team in a neutral site. You feel a little bit like, okay, how's this going to go? Yeah, what's this going to look like? It does have that vibe to it, and you know we don't know SMU could somehow shock the world, and that would be great for Memphis because getting SMU in that open round yes, would, would be, be fantastic, a, a cakewalk. But when we look at kind of what this spread looks like. I am worried about that UCF game because coming out on the other side of that could be Tulane and coming out on the other side of that could be Houston, the only teams that swept you this year. So you've got to take care of business in that first game. Yes. That's it. Yeah. You take care of business in that first game, and I think – I mean, I think they could – Dirt roll Tulane because they're gonna be pissed. They're gonna be pissed. Yeah, let's just call it what they're they want to play Houston. They want too. They want to play both of those teams again. Yeah, but you just got to get over that. Ah, uh, this game doesn't look like that much fun. Like we can, we can really do something cool over the next few days. No, go in with the right mentality. Which from the way that from the way that they talked after the game, from the way that Kendrick and Malcolm and Penny talked after this game, they understand that. We can't overlook a team. We know what our goal is. We know where we want to be. We know what we're capable of being. Like Memphis is playing their best ball right now. They absolutely should be one of the teams right. in the final. I am with you, and I think that's the mentality they'll take. But the flip side of that is, like, how much work do they really have to do to get in the NCAA tournament? Probably none. Not much. None at all. Like, even a loss against UCF, maybe you'd have to sweat if there's a couple of bid stealers. Yeah, but I or still, they'd have to be a lot of bid stealers. Yeah, really. I, th- I think but they're like, pretty I don't much think in. you're sweating at all so like the other the flip side of that is like okay how much do like how much energy do we really need to exert but i agree with you i think they'll come out with that mentality because they've had that down the stretch of this season they've played consistently yeah don't think penny doesn't want to win a conference championship right no i, <laughs> I understand i understand and i, I have mean, a question for y'all real quick yeah go you ahead. Know, in the post game after he was asked about penny was asked about uh Keontae kennedy um and apparently so i don't know much about hand injuries gabe i know you you did, I don't know if you had any kind of broken hands. Yeah. See so that? he's got. We snaggle, saw. We actually saw. Finger, whatever you call that. We actually saw Keontae with the team for the first time since his hand injury yesterday, and he had it was it is his shooting hand, um, and he had a, a like a cast on it, like a yeah. soft cast. And Penny came out after the game and said that on Thursday this week he's going to have another examination to see if they can take the pins out. Do y'all expect if they get those pins out, is there still more healing time that needs to be done, or is he coming back? I would imagine. I mean, there's pins in his finger. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I mean, that, you have to get. I mean, that's you got to get in in that 
in that skin. It's like all deep in there. Yeah, you probably and then, have some wounds you got to heal. And a then you got to get back in the rhythm. Yeah, of using that hand to shoot. Yeah, I don't know. We'll I would see. say if we're talking about pins being removed, I'd say NCAA tournament at the at, earliest. At the earliest, it's what it's, it's what it seems like. But who knows? Some people do some crazy things. <laughs> some people come back from injuries quicker than others. So. We will we'll see on that, but I mean I think this weekend's fun. I think this yeah. weekend's going to be fun. They do. You mentioned like kind of playing with that pressure, you know, in a neutral site against UCF. But I think on the flip side of that, they can play free because I think they I think they, they know realize they have, done, they, have yeah. they have the tournament locked up. So Penny ain't gonna let them feel like that though. No, heck no, he's not gonna Penny. let them feel like that. But I don't know. Uh, Memphis could e- not easily, but Memphis could definitely win this thing. Like let's yeah. let's let's be for real on it. Like they've taken Houston down to the wire twice. That I don't. I just can't see them. It's look- kind of funny though. Like you get the two seed, and ultimately your path will likely be UCF Tulane Houston. Yeah, like that's that's a terrible draw for yeah. for such a good year. Yeah, it's it a, is. It's a tough draw. It is an absolute. I mean, it is a it is a tough draw. The three teams in conference you've lost to. Yeah. That's it. You've lost four games to, to three, three teams, teams and, and you three, and you have to play all of them. More than likely, have to play like that's, all three. That's of them. that's brutal on the on the face of it. Because who uh, who will who will Tulane play? Tulane, yeah, they're playing uh, the winner of Wichita State and Tulsa, which you'd what much rather have? Much rather have that. Yeah. <laughs> that is so much better. And then and then obviously Houston, it's gonna be South Florida and East Carolina. Yeah, winner of that. You'd rather have that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, I don't know. I mean, at this point, I might, I might take the winner of Temple, Cincinnati, but they're they're obviously four and four five. five. Like that's that's the better side by a lot. Yeah. But obviously, Houston gets that because they're the who's one in that game. Who's winning Temple, Cincinnati? Cincy. I. <sighs> Cincy, but Cincy, I don't know, man. They just they never the the consistency ain't there with them. No, they're it's not. It's just not there. They're not great. Like they, but they, they, but they can they have, have they can have splash games. They can have those big me. games. What bothers me about them is like I thought Wes Miller I think did better this year, but they never turned the corner. No, you thought that they were gonna like out of, through their out of conference. Once they got into conference play, they were gonna start winning games, stringing some wins along. But the fact that it just never really materialized that way. All right, Gabe, call your shot. What do you got? What's this weekend look like? Um. Oh God, that's tough. <laughs> because here's the thing, I there, how many scenarios can you see? If they, so let's say UCF gets through, how many scenarios can you see the Tigers going through? I could see them losing the first round. I could see them losing to Tulane again. I could see them losing in the championship game. Yeah. But I could also see them winning, all winning their way yeah. there. So like I, dude, calling my shots impossible. What's the gut? Time. What's the gut feeling? The gut. The gut tells me they'll get to the championship game. And ultimately lose to Houston. That's, that's my gut. That's exactly where I'm at. That's my gut. But emotionally, I want to say they get to the final and beat Houston. Because, <laughs> I mean, come on. How fun would that be? And what would their seed line look like? I mean, how, okay, yeah, that's another question. How high could they? Are they? Is seven the max? I think seven's the max. I st- I, I'm with you on that. I think seven's the max. But you win you win the AAC tournament. I don't know. They got some votes for the AP Top 25. Yeah. Like you Last beat, week, y'all you, said. You beat Tulane. Last week, y'all said that if they beat Houston in the regular season finale and then beat Houston in the finals of the AAC, they could get a seven. Yeah. We said six or seven. I said six I thought was a little high. A It'd little be a high, higher but, seven yeah. if, they, so if they did all that. Do y'all not think that loss to Houston on Sunday 
hurt the Tigers' seating in any way? No. No. It boosted their well, stock. Well, it's so... If you win the AAC tournament, maybe it hurt it a little bit. You know? Like, maybe you, it keeps you from being a six. Maybe. But, like, I, you know, where they're going to be slotted in the tournament, like, in all likelihood, I don't, it did nothing. It did nothing to deter any of the bracketologists from moving yeah, them what, at all. What were they at and updated today? Nine? I think they were nine again. Which, yeah. again, I just... I. No matter what, I just wish they would stay out of that damn eight nine game. I yeah. hate that game. It's just it's yeah. Right now, you could have a great season as a mid major, and they get stuck in that playing a number one overall seed. That's brutal. That's that's not fun. Yeah, right now they are in a, a nine seed in the Midwest bracket, in the same bracket as Kansas. And this is Lenardi. This is Lenardi, who he's probably wrong. As I said last week, eighty eighth most accurate bracketologist. <laughs> well, in the here's country, the thing about is, bracketologists: by the time we actually get to the the selection Sunday, they're going to be right because they've sort of weeded out. Oh yeah, the, by that point, all the crappy teams. But yeah, teams so this so this has them in, this, off the bubble. This has them with Kansas, Southeast Missouri State, Missouri, and Memphis. So it'd be Missouri, Memphis, eight nine game winner playing Kansas in Des Moines, Iowa. Let's go! I could t- I, I like the Mizzou matchup. Yeah, I don't. I, Kobe I, Brown, Demoy Hodge, like they, I think the Tigers could yeah, match th- up pretty well. And de- shout out Dennis Gates though; he did a really good job with that team. Yeah, I just I think Memphis is a better team than Missouri, honestly. I mean, with looking at the other non seeds in the brackets, are they the best non seed in the bracket? You got West Virginia, uh, Auburn, Arkansas. Mm, that's tough. That's a hell of a non-seed, man. Okay, you're better. You've shown you're better than Auburn, so yeah. we can we can count that. I think you're better than West Virginia on face value. Say between Memphis and Arkansas. Yeah, and Arkansas has some dudes, man. Nick yeah, Smith Jr. Nick back. Smith Jr. Yeah. is a bad dude. <laughs> Anthony yeah. Black, I like, man. Can't I love Anthony. My father in law is an Arkansas guy, so I hear about those dudes all the time. Anthony Black can't guard my shadow. Hey, but guess <laughs> what? Shadow. That dude off the dribble and his uh, his 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 skill, well, he's his big. facilitating skill is crazy at that size. He's a huge Lengthy. kid. Yeah, and I think he has the upside to guard. You know, that's the thing. Like, if you have a young guy like that, do you expect him to be like a balling, just an absolute stud on the defensive end immediately no. when he's eighteen? No. Well, I think it's his hair. His hair gets in the way. <laughs> like his hair get. His hair flops. You know what else I want to see from him, too, Kenny? I want to see him shoot a three ball a little better. He's yeah. got a weird, wonky release. It, it is quite odd. He has to pull the hair away from his eyes <laughs> to be able to shoot the ball. That's why. I mean, it's just it's physics. Yeah, I get you. So that's. We're kinda, I don't think that's physics, though. I, I'm not, I, I don't think I that's, think that's physics. probably gravity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we're in the same boat here. Like, I, my gut is telling me that they will have it together enough to make it through UCF and Tulane. I just don't know if I can see them beating Houston in neutral site. I really can only can only see them beating them in Memphis with the kind of crowd that they had yeah. on Sunday. Like, neutral site that definitely that's favors tough. It ain't Houston. neutral. It ain't neutral. Yeah. It's in Fort Worth. I mean, that's a Houston home game. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's tough. I uh, – I know they'll likely end up an 8-9 seed. Yep. So what I'm about to say is kind of going to fall on deaf ears. I just wish they'd stay out that damn 8-9. Like, I'd rather have a 10 seed. I would, I'd, ra- I I'd rather them have a 10 seed so you're dealing with a 2, two seed in the second round. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just I, I hate that 8-9 matchup. It's tough. It's a tough draw, man. And, then, and again, like last year, they almost beat the Zags. Like yeah. They almost 
But wouldn't that, them. wouldn't that be a hell of a story if they did knock off a number <laughs> yeah. two seed? But like knocking off a number two seed as a as a it's a big deal too. As a seven or a ten seed's just about as big a deal. Yeah, but man, it would be fun if they if imagine if they okay. So they finally did bump UCLA up like we were talking about yeah. last week. Uh, they beat Arizona. What if they beat like a UCLA or Kansas? That'd be kind of wild. That would be that'd be sweet. That'd they be need wild. payback on Kansas. Though, they do too. need payback on. on Kansas. Come on, we've been waiting for that one. For we'd a see while. that. We'd see that Mario years. Chalmers <laughs> shot, shot three billion times. Oh, don't watch the broadcast, Memphis fans. Please, it'll be tough. In yeah, or just put it on. Put it on mute. In two thousand and eight. <laughs> Coming back from every break yeah. imaginable. This is Mario dun, dun, Chalmers. Dun, 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 dun. This was Mario Chalmers <laughs> in 2008. 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I'm excited. Uh, we will be there. Kenny, myself, and uh, Mason will be there covering the game. We'll be doing on the Have bluffs. Have a little fun for me, man. Uh, you know, that's my, that's my MO, right? Having fun. Yeah. <laughs> Have a beer for me. That's probably that won't happen. That won't happen. Um, Kenny will. Kenny, Kenny will you have won't a beer either. for me. Me and Kenny have been a lot of places together, and I've the only place we ever dr- even had a drink was in Las Vegas. We, we got, live a little. We got buck wild in Las Vegas. We had a drink and we gambled ten dollars a piece, <laughs> and then went to the room. Yeah, <laughs> and then went to the room. Buck yeah. wild. Yeah. yeah. Um, Insane. So yeah, we'll be there covering. You the wild. Game. You're you wild and crazy guys, man. We I'll are. tell you what. We are. Um, but no, it should be a lot of fun. We'll be there, boots on the ground. Hopefully, we get as many games as possible so we can get as much coverage as possible. But we'll be having uh, podcasts every day. Unfortunately, without the big fellow, mm. uh, I'll have. But you can be live from Dickies. We'll be live from the Dickies. From the Dickies Arena. Not just podcast Christians. We're gonna be going live on BluffCityMedia.co. Oh, we're gonna be doing a lot. I'm just not spoiling it all yet. Well, like you I want people to know so okay. they go to the website. During the cover during the AAC tournament, uh, check our YouTube channel out and check BluffCityMedia.co because we're going to be going live from Dickie's Arena. It's going to be epic. Yeah, now we're going to have a ton of content, ton of coverage. Should be a whole heck of a lot of fun. Uh, before we take a quick break, just want to remind you guys we have a lot of coverage now. I don't know if you paid any attention. I know we have, but uh, that Grizzlies content is coming out like crazy right now spreading like wildfire spreading like wildfire the uh the uh grizzly bear blue guys are absolutely killing it their podcast actually started dropping this week so we've had the starting five uh grizz next gen and gbb live right kenny this gbb live is coming out on wednesday alongside uh on the bluff um it's been the core four no 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 core four is coming out tomorrow next gen Next Kenny, gen starting five. Look at it. We got so much content. Yeah, Ken, yeah, Kenny's got his whiteboard over there, and it's <laughs> and it's absolutely covered. So, uh, head over to bluffcitymedia.co. Everything is there. Everything you'd want between Tigers and Grizzlies is currently there. Uh, as I mentioned, I believe they have five podcasts from GBB, and they'll be dropping throughout the week alongside on the bluff, alongside Tigers Untapped, and alongside the Will Coleman Show. So, as far as and Tigers tonight, and Tigers tonight. Forgot about that one. Uh, John Maddox, uh, Brian Moss, and Larry Marley bringing Tigers tonight. So we've got a total of at least nine podcasts Content right now. Content is king, fellas. Content, content is, is king. king. Not only do we have a ton of written content, but also videos, podcasts, insider content, wink, wink. Uh, uh, merch dropped last week. So go get your that merch. merch is, some of those shirts are 
Nice. It's pretty fire. Swaggy. And if you guys want some on the bluff merch, let us know. Maybe we can get that done. Yeah, we can, we can handle that. You want to rep Gabe and Christian? Yeah. We can make something happen there. <laughs> can we get a uh, t-shirt with Gabe's face on it? I think yes, we should. We could do that. I'll wear that. I will wear that every day. I'll wear it <laughs> every every time we record. I'll wear. It. I will buy five of those and wear them every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a quick break here from our sponsors, and we'll be back on the other side with the hot three. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student-athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. Uh. Uh. You better drop the hottest freestyle of the day of 2023. <laughs> Talking like that. He said, uh, uh, like he's about uh, to go in. Little uh, Rick Ross. Yeah. Uh, oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. It's All time right. three. <laughs> Let me stop. Before I do something, I can't take back. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's go. We got a recap, boys. It was a crazy sports weekend. We talked a lot about UFC 285 last week, previewing it. Well, it went down. So let's review it. What do y'all think? UFC 285. Do we want to start? Let's start with the, the earlier fights. You want to work our way up? Yeah, let's work our way up. Just to, main card it? Um, I You know, in the prelims, uh, I Duplessis was my big play. Yeah, and Derek Brunson is just—he needs to retire, brother. Yeah. he's done. He just don't get that. Well, that it, like he gets more. out of the first round, he's just dead, dead, dead. Okay, Cody Garbrandt looked like a monster he in the good. first round, and then he just—yeah, he took still, the foot, he took the foot off the gas and cruised. still won, still won against Trevin Jones, which is not impressive. But even even Rogan said it in the first round. He was like, "Man, Cody Garbrandt looks like one of the best versions of Cody Garbrandt we've seen." And ultimately, it didn't last throughout the entire fight. So that was kind of disappointing because I was like, "Okay, okay, Cody, like you got you got a little little juice back, but no, no, no." Um, so that's all we'll do for the prelims because it was just whatever. Main they, card was fantastic. Main card was banging all the way Fa- through. Like, awesome. First fight of the night on the main card: Bo Nickel and Jamie Pickett. This kid's a problem. Dude, I still want to see the dude throw hands, man. I need somebody who can wrestle with him. And did you see the Jamie Pickett stuff? Like, uh, it was like the the weeks leading up to the fight. He was like, I didn't even know who I was stepping in the ring with. I had no idea. Like, you better know, dude. You need to know. It's a three-time national champion. Yeah. Uh, wrestled for the U.S. at some point. Like, yeah. this is a dude. But I didn't, I didn't understand. So, Bo Nickel comes out, throws that wild kick. And Jamie Pickett, if I'm Jamie Pickett, I'm staying at distance. Oh, I don't yeah. care if I feel like I can go get over on you. And he rushed him. What the hell are you doing getting into arm's reach of a dude who's going to choke you out, no doubt, 100%. I don't know, I, I don't understand. what he, isn't, he, isn't he 4-0 with four submissions at this point? No, he had a knockout had a in knockout. his first fight. Okay, but so he's 4-0 fir- but, but in fir- all four finishes. Right, but that yeah, and they're all first round. This and was three the three submissions. This was the longest fight he's had. <laughs> That's three minutes. But Jamie Pickett rushed him. I'm like, what yeah. in the hell are you doing, man? But man, he's so freaking good on the ground, man. Like we he's so okay, technical. We, we know obviously the wrestling pedigree, but 
the way that he transitions on the ground and the way that he just throws submissions like crazy, he didn't even have good position on the choke. He figured it out though. But he but he got it. Yeah. And he even so if you if you he's re- so heavy on top. Too. Oh yeah, he doesn't look like a middleweight. Like he looks like a welterweight, but it doesn't matter. He's so freaking strong. But if you if you watch the end of that fight, he gets the rear naked, and Jamie Pickett's fading, and he kind of starts tapping, and Bo lets go and readjusts that grip, and it was lights out. Yeah, but like the I, dude again, is so strong. I want to see someone who can wrestle with him. Then Absolutely, I'll really know who he is as a fighter. And I, I think just, I think that step up is coming quick. Yeah, because it this should. Is, this is not this like is a, this was a main card in UFC two eighty five. Right. But this is not like so. This, this is, is not like you what know we've he's going to get another main card here relatively yeah. soon. But like with Sean O'Malley, it's like they they gave him a lot of bodies. They were just yeah. throwing bodies at him, just like yeah, go beat this dude, go beat this dude. But Bo, like for his UFC debut fighting Jamie Pickett, who's not just a body like Jamie Pickett's a legit, you know, he's dangerous. He's been around. He's he's. You know, 20, this was his 22nd pro fight. He's yeah, I, I would push against that. I think he's kind of a body. He's kind of a body. I, I don't think to the extent of a lot of people that super like upcoming superstars get thrown early on. This was a little bit more challenging than some of those guys that we've seen come up the ranks have to fight throughout. Um, but obviously, Bo passed with flying colors. But we've seen how good he is. That step up's coming quick. You, you pointed out Sean O'Malley as a guy, right? That's up and coming that they want to push, and Bo Nickel's clearly a guy they want to push. I need I need Dana to give him the uh, the Cheeto Vera, yeah. At this point, give him a, give him a Hamza, give him somebody like that, right? That they can really wrestle with him, and he's gonna have to stay on his feet a little bit and try to toss a little hands. Yeah, yeah let's see a little bit more of his game and what it's like. I remember, but- and I know it was different because he's not even near as good. But who who's the Dude who got knocked out by Jorge Masvidal with the flying knee, Ben Askren. Ben Askren. He did. He did that yeah. through Bellator and like just choked people to death. Through one, never threw his hands, and then as soon as he fought a dude who can toss hands a little bit, he got knocked out in two seconds. Well, yeah, and the same thing happened against. I don't Robbie. think Bo Nickel is Ben Askren. I think he's no, substantially better. No. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But I'm I think ex- the comparison is apt considering they're both wrestlers, wrestlers first. Yeah, but I'm excited to see see his trajectory because he looks like a he looks like the biggest superstar that the UFC's had in a while as far as just up-and-coming talent. Like, yeah. there's not many Bo Nichols out there. So, shout-out to Bo Nickel on another first-round finish. Yep. Um, second fight of the night. This one, I, I don't feel like this fight was talked about enough. This fight was a ton of fun. Uh, Jalen Turner and Matej Gamrot. Yeah, I like I like. It was Gamrot. a fun fight. I, I like Jalen. I like Jalen Turner a lot. Yeah, uh, Gamrot just got the control time and the and yeah. the takedowns and yeah. ended up winning. Yeah, he took it on short notice, so it makes but sense. Usually, Gam- Jalen Turner was like the size difference was apparent immediately in the length difference. Dude, he hit so hard on his feet. He was tearing Gamrot up, but then Gamrot is a apt wrestler. Yeah. And, and bothered him that way. Yeah. I think I think if Gamrot would have had a full camp to prepare for this, I think he would have been a little bit more willing to stand and throw uh, with Jalen. But because it was such short notice, I think two weeks he took it on. As I mentioned last week, this was supposed to be Dan Hooker and Jalen Turner, which, guys, can we recognize that that would have yeah, been fight of the night? Better, oh, yeah. my gosh. Dan Hooker and Jalen Turner. I hope, I hope once Dan Hooker comes back, they can run that fight because, my goodness, that would be yep. so much fun. Now, the third fight was Rachmanov. He's unreal. Shavkat Rachmanov that's, and that's Jeff That's a Neal, superstar. Another superstar. 17-0, 17 finishes. Man. Now he has, with this win, nine subs, eight knockouts. I was very... 
pleased and impressed to see him throw his hands, yeah. bro. It was good to see he him can, get tested. He can he can throw his paws. Yeah, which I was I I thought you know going into it I thought he was like a a wrestler grappler first and he was he was he, very good on he's speed. he's very well rounded. Like I said, seventeen wins, seventeen finishes, nine subs, eight knockouts. So he's very well rounded. Uh, he just doesn't talk. He's not a talker. He just he doesn't speak English anyway. But yeah. even if he did, I don't think he'd be a talker. He just kind of gets in there and goes to work. And uh, Jeff Neal's a bad. You usually dude. see guys like that with the OV at the end of their name. Yeah, Rachmanov. Rachmanov. Yeah. Madoff. Yeah. yeah, that fight they felt to just me. Hop in and they're workman like yeah. lunch pail guys. Yep. That fight felt like to me. Y'all remember Kamzat coming in and doing his thing, beating everybody up, and then fighting Gilbert, and then fighting Gilbert. Very similar. Yep. It's, I, I know Jeff Neal is not Gilbert Burns, and I know that... He's I don't close. Think, I mean, Jeff Neal can fight. Jeff Neal's a bad dude. But it was it's it's one of those... The theme of that up-and-coming kid... Finally like, getting a Finally test. getting a test and passing, and that was a pass without a doubt. Like, that... I remember watching that Comzot fight with Gilbert Burns and thinking, damn, dude, like, you know, Gilbert was obviously ranked higher. Um, you know, I think he was two in the, in the world at that time, but... You're watching that fight, and you see Kamzat get rocked a few times. You see them on the ground, and it's like the fact that Kamzat still won that fight. You walk away going, man, that fight was such a big deal for his career. Yeah. Right? The trajectory of where he's going. Yeah. Same thing with Rachmanov, and that finish was nasty. Yep. That was a schoolyard. I don't care. Like that, there was. I know there was technique involved. Oh, absolutely. But it was more so. It felt like to me like he was just like I'm about to break. I I, I just want to win this fight, and I'm going to do it with however I can. A standing rear naked choke. That was wild, man. And the way you talk about the technique behind it, but he he hooks his leg around Jeff's to use his momentum. It was beautiful. It was yeah. a absolutely beautiful submission. Um, so the card was rocking at this point, and then I can't believe we it. get to the co-main event: Valentina Shevchenko <laughs> going for her eighth defense against Alexa Grasso, and Alexa Minus Grasso nine hundred. Yeah, Alexa Grasso was up to the freaking task. Valentina was winning that fight when she got choked out. Yeah, but like, it's crazy to see what Alexa Grasso could do. She's a boxer by trade, and like right. to see her sort of stand and trade with Valentina in that way. Valentina beat her in significant strikes, but uh, Grasso was, she was active the entire yeah. time. She and was pushing, landing. And, and getting Valentina on her heels, yeah. which was, we don't, don't see, see that, that. ever. Mm-mm. And she never overreaches. And you saw finally in that fourth round, she throws a kick out there, falls to the ground, and here comes Alexa Grasso right on her back and just choked her out from there. Yeah. Like, you, I don't think in Valentina's career we've ever seen her slip up that badly, ever. No, because because she is, she's without a doubt one of the sharpest fighters, regardless male of... Male or female. Male or female. Yeah. So technical, so precise, and she got outpointed on the feet by Alexa Grasso, so she had to rely on her wrestling. She had to rely on taking her to the ground and staying on top of her, and it just wasn't a typical performance for her, and Alexa Grasso... Grasso I saw her opening and back, she jumped though. on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Shevchenko, I think, could easily, not easily, but she could win that fight. Yeah, no, that it it'll be a fun one. It's And they will run it back. Yeah, it's very similar to uh, to Amanda Nunez and Juliana Pena, like out of respect for someone that's had the belt for that long and defended it, that many times. It, like, like I knew it was different, too. I think it was the second round when Valentina got cut. She yeah. never gets cut. You never see blood. Yeah. Because she never gets touched she up. She doesn't get hit like that. But even in the first round, she took a she took a check a Chef Le- a, la, 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 la. a check left hook and it, Say it that stumbled. Say that three times yeah, fast. Though, good lord! Fair. 
it uh it stumbled her it rocked her it moved her back and then from that point on she didn't have the same confidence and it obviously and gave alexa grosso confidence now how do we even discuss john jones fight like really it was two minutes bad <laughs> what did he say bad bad it's insane dude three so years all right let's talk a about weight the- class a weight class he goes up and chokes a dude not just like any old dude. This is a 248-pound brick shit house who can get you on the ground if he wants to usually. He can toss paws. He's got some really good fights already, even though he hadn't fought that much in the UFC. But he's got some good fights under his belt, relatively battle-tested. Choked him out from the front with his forearm. Yeah. With his forearm. Didn't even have like the conventional grip on it. Yeah. What are we talking about? And <laughs> hey, you know what's like, crazy? Like, this is freaking. This is not like this isn't fair. No, he made like he made that he made Cyril look like a bum. Yep. You know and what's Cyril crazy? Cyril is not a bum. Have y'all seen that video going out about from Henry Cejudo today? No. There's a, a a YouTube short going around of John in training camp for this fight, and Cejudo is talking to him, and he shows him. He said, "Now, if you get." Cyril up against the fence in this position and he starts to push back just let it don't fight it too hard and he goes into the position and they literally interpose the actual fight yeah. over it that's so nice and it's literally word for word what Hell Henry right. Cejudo told him what to do and John freaking did it dude it was so well, wild he's he's un, it's unquestioned let, let's it's have not even close let's have a conversation he's real bad quick. he's the I, goat I, I have an interesting topic, I believe. Okay. Um, so we talk about goats, right? Right. There's goats of each sport, and then there's just goats. I would say the, the top goat, <laughs> the goat of all goats, is probably Tiger Woods. As okay. far as just the most dominant in their sport. Okay. Right? I mean, no one's ever done what he's done. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. I want to get. I want to hear your... Is John Jones the goat of all goats? Like, is he the most dominant athlete of all time? It's a it's, it's at that's least an interesting. It's topic at least for a com- it's at least a conversation because he hasn't really lo- he hasn't lost. He's a never fight. he's never lost. I mean, I, I think there's an argument for it. Obviously, it's a secondary sport that yeah. not everybody watches in the United States, but like, or even worldwide. But it's, I think it's very, I think it's kind of fair to put him on that pedestal. Like yeah. fifteen title defenses. Winning every single one, coming back after three years to a higher weight class yeah. and doing what he did. He's the best pound for pound, pi- pound for p- pound <laughs> for pound fighter yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a question there, but what do you think? I think I think there's an argument. And I think there's an argument that he's the greatest combat sports athlete of all yeah, time. Yeah, that's what I was that's what So I was that's the question at. I wanted to ask you. We gotta start judging, okay, where do you view the goats of heavyweight boxing compared to the goats of heavyweight fighting like well, so he's, he's not the it, goat it, heavyweight well the if he's the greatest of all time fighter like think about who they consider the goat in boxing like muhammad ali mike tyson is mike a heavyweight tyson, right floyd floyd do you think that this is does this put him the mixed martial arts as a whole is it more of a fighting sport than boxing than in I terms think it's of it's harder to be way harder way harder I, th- I think it's harder to I, be I, I said at. that after the fight I think John Jones you have to be is, technical is, everywhere I think he's the, the I think he's the combat sports goat I think boxing 
kickboxing, UFC, MMA, whatever. I think John is the best combat sports athlete of all time. Yeah, and there's been, I mean, obviously he's had his trials and tribulations. Yeah. He may not be my favorite guy, but damn, man. And like that's what, the, and the that's dominance is crazy. And, like, we haven't got to the point in his career, and, like, Floyd never had this. So I think Floyd, I think ultimately I'd put ahead for a long, and honestly longevity is getting close too. Because, like, what is, you know, Near, nearly 30 fights to 50 fights in boxing, I think. It's probably 30 fights in MMA versus 50. more than 50 like, in boxing. You know, like that's, I, I don't know how you equate that. Yeah. I'll, I'll lean Floyd for now because that's a long, long time to be as great as he is. Um, but like even Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson had a fall off they, at the end they of their fe- they, Yeah, exactly. We haven't got to that point with John Jones and I don't foresee it. I don't either. I don't foresee it at all because who in heavyweight is really going to test him? He called out Stipe. I think that's a bloodbath when we get there. Yeah, I, I mean... What he's doing is absurd. And, and the way that he talked this week, Kenny and I talked about this, the confidence that he had and the fact that he knew he was going to go in there and steamroll Cyril. Like, he he never really talks like that. Yeah, he'll talk crap sometimes, but he wasn't talking crap. He was being sincere. Like, yeah. you know, Cyril's a great kickboxer. He has wonderful footwork, but he's not me, and he's not going to touch me. And he, yeah. I mean, he went in there and steamrolled him. Cyril. Like, da- like Dana White To be White honest, said. though, like, Cyril was like, you could tell there was he was overwhelmed. He knew he was overwhelmed by who knew. John Jones is as a fighter. He knew he had no chance. And like, how is it watching film on who John Jones is through light heavyweight and watching like what his his track record is and how many finishes he has? Like, how do you like that's a mental block that you have Absolutely. to get over if you're going to go fight John Jones? Absolutely. Like watching him on film, like, damn, he's got a bag. His bag is deep, deep. He'll wrestle the hell out of you. He'll, he's got head kicks. He can he's throw hands. He's got everything. He can. He's 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 world class at everything he does. Yeah. So that's that would be a mental block for anybody going into the ring against yeah. him, and uh, especially going forward with how big he is. And then when you and then when you understand that through those, so he's twenty. He's technically twenty eight one and one or twenty seven one and one now. But when you think through all those wins that he really wasn't even training and didn't really care and was partying, he's out doing cocaine and that. You know, he, partying the week before a fight. He was the best fighter in the UFC, and he wasn't Did you hear what he said trying. about that, what tripped me out? What? He basically said he used to do that as like a coping mechanism because he's, he's basically saying, if I lose this fight, at least I can, in my head, have an excuse of why of I why lost I that fight. Yeah. Like that's, that was, that's a weird mindset, too, Oh, that's, that's a crazy way to think about it. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he fought Alexander Gustafson in probably the best light heavyweight fight of all time and didn't train for it. Yeah. That's nuts. And now, I mean, he said this is the first time in his life he's ever fully trained MMA. And there's been a lot of people. He call, saw the result. There's been a lot of people call BS on that leading up to the fight and saying, "Oh, whatever." That's just John talk. No, I truly believe he he's could, never fully focused on MMA before, and he's done that for the last three years. And nobody, I don't think anybody's going to touch him. And we'll move on after this. But in the octagon, like he could literally hop right back in in a week because he didn't, he didn't get, get touched. touched up at all. He didn't get touched. He didn't even sweat. No. Well, in the in the post fight. He was super, super jovial, right? Like he was super yeah. excited. And then he was asked about his next fight, and obviously Stipe yeah. was there. Stipe is considered the goat heavyweight. The heavyweight goat. Can I play you all a yeah, clip? Go ahead. Let's hear it. This gave me chills. All right, this gave me chills. Let me play this clip for y'all. I say it. I say it respectfully to Stipe. I would take time off from being a firefighter right now, and I mean that with all due respect. Um, <laughs> My whole world is going to be focused on him. This is the biggest opportunity in my life to beat the heavyweight GOAT, and I'm going to give it everything I got, absolutely everything I got. 
Stipe's talking about the fact that he's heavier than me right now. Uh, you know, his head, his head's already in the wrong spot if he thinks weightlifting is going to beat me. He'll never be younger than he is right now. He'll never be faster. And um, I'm going to not only beat Stipe Miocic, I'm going to finish Stipe Miocic before the championship round. Oh yeah, I, I, I buy it. I would drop. I, a, buy I would drop a dump in my pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, but also like I, I buy that he'll finish him in three rounds I do too. easily. I, do I, too. I don't think there'll be a and th- and then what's the conversation? Issue? If John beats Cyril, who else is in the, who, who like realistically? Nobody. Let's put out Cyril right now because he just got choked out in two minutes. Who? Who? Nobody. Uh, uh, Sergey Pavlovich, right? Could could Francis come back and give him a give no. him a push? No, he would never. Dane, I don't. Think and also, I know we it's not safe for work, but his his comments on Francis were, were pretty, pretty funny. He called, oh. him, he called him a big old p word several times. Let's see. Yeah, Sergey Pavlovich is the third ranked. Sergey's <laughs> okay. Ser, Sergey's no, a I'm monster. I'm not saying these guys suck, but, but like there's just what no. I, I just saw. And then Curtis Cyril Blades. Don, you think Curtis Blades is going to give? John I thought that fight would money? at least like. I thought, like, maybe get in the championship rounds. It wasn't even close, man. No. Not even close. No. There's just too much in that dude's bag. It's too much. Bad. All right, number two. Number two. Um, you, you guys talked about at the beginning or at the end of last segment about Grizzly Bear Blues and putting out a lot of coverage about the Grizzlies. Well, obviously, um, didn't hurt that the Grizzlies had probably their worst day in news ever on i think it was on saturday <laughs> close to ever yeah um and obviously one of the big stories nationally specifically locally here in memphis is the is the john morant situation and um just want to hear y'all's thoughts on that before we really hop into everything else i just have to get this out of the way this is like stupid on so many different levels the fact that he was out that's not a big issue the fact that he was drunk and probably under the influence that's no big issue but to go on your own social media accounts with the Washington Post articles and the the, the reporting they did on you just th- two two days before yeah, that, two days before, for you to go on your own account willingly and brandish a gun in that situation, I just I don't know how that happens. I just don't get it. Like I, it's it's brain dead. It's sad, man. It's a brain dead decision. It, it really is sad. I mean, this is what what is job? 20 23. I mean, it's a 23-year-old kid that has become the the biggest star in Grizzlies history bar yes. none. And a what? A top 5 face of the NBA up there. Yeah. Top 5, top 7 I'd say face most of the entertaining NBA. guy. Yeah. And the entertaining player. The dude the has right been now. launched into the stratosphere. I mean, they had a whole pop up for him at the All Star break. Yes, for to a release shoe. to release his new shoe. He just got the Nike deal, and it's just like, how are you doing this right now? What is he trying to prove? I, can, I, I can't get that. Like, did I you guess, see what Jalen Rose said? Yeah, I thought that was really good. I get. I, did I, you I see that, Jaylen, Kenny? I thought Jalen Rose you hit did. the nail on the head, but it's like. Why do you feel like you have to prove that you're that you're hard that you're hard that you're big and bad, dude? We see it from a night to night basis yeah. when you play basketball. Yeah, you make a hundred million dollars, you're big and bad because because that's the case, right? Like, you you're a powerful guy. You don't have to prove it to us. You don't. Yeah. No, it's it's sad. It, it is sad. It's sad for the city. It's sad for the organization. It's sad for Ja. Like it's it's tough. And then I think what something came out today saying that Stephen Adams had a meeting with them. Yeah. That day. Of, yeah, that of like 
it wasn't like, that day. It was a couple of weeks prior. Well, well oh, was it? Uh, okay, yeah, sorry. but regardless, he had a meeting with him, and he was basically, it wasn't really pointed at Desmond Bain or Jaron, any of those guys. It was pointed at, at Ja, John. like, dude, take it easy when we're out on the road. We need to win ball games. Yeah. And <laughs> you need a veteran presence like that, and I guess Steven Adams is that guy, but it didn't deter him from doing what he did the other night. No. And, and like, just speaking on a gun, that's a... Hearing about incidents, you know, without having video evidence of him having a gun is different. But, like, to see him with a gun... Brandishing one. You know, you know yeah. how much of a target that makes you? Yeah. You know how much of, like... Like, that's real life right there. Somebody could be... You could... Ja, you could be harmed or killed. Yeah. By doing that and trying to post that. People that don't like you seeing you flaunt a gun on your Instagram. Yeah. That makes you a target immediately. Yeah. And I, I just, like that in itself, it's just like I watch the Grizzlies lose two games over the weekend and everything else feels like th- that feels trivial. Anything on court feels trivial somehow because of what's going on with Ja right now. And not only is it is it happening, which is bad enough, but the Grizzlies are the two seed in the West. Yep. They have championship aspirations legitimately. Like, the NBA is wide open. Yep. The NBA is wide open. You can't tell I, me that this team could not potentially win a championship and their best player and their star player seems to be everywhere but that yeah. you know, everywhere but there. I, and, and it's just, I don't know, it's ter- it's just terrible. And you also have to do the backdrop of, okay, what are his responsibilities at this point in his career to his family, yeah. to his daughter at this point, to his team, to this city? Right, like you have all those responsibilities, and yet you it's just like eh. you throw up. And I think also to, to there's there's a point to be made about okay, this is a negative stereotype about Memphis that you're perpetuating. Now, yeah. with that, I think there's more nuance than that. That can't be the only discussion. Whether John Morant's here or there, we still in the city need to do better with our gun violence and 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 be stricter and, yeah. and be better about it. But I think there is something to be said about him perpetuating a stereotype about the city of Memphis nationally, and you see it on social media and yeah, everything when else. Yeah, ev- when, every, when every kid in the city has all yes, eyes on him. right. Like, yeah. that's that's just a bad example to set. That's that's frustrating. I, I But the biggest thing for me is just, dude, like, how could you make that mistake in that moment? Like, <laughs> willingly. Like, it's different if someone had a camera on him and they in take the club. A picture of yeah, you. like, yeah. and they figured he'd still get the backlash. But for you to do it willingly? Yeah. What is going on, man? Like, what mentally, why do you feel like you have to prove that to us? We don't need to, we don't care. No one needs to know that. No one needs, and I want him to live his best life and have fun. But like, if that's your, <laughs> if that's your way of having fun is going on Instagram and, Flashing a gun, yeah. like that's you need to reevaluate what fun is to you, yeah, and what no, living yeah. your life is to you. Uh, like I said, this this dude was in the stratosphere and he yeah. just came crashing back to earth very quickly. He hadn't lost. I mean, here's the thing too: like this could all be a lot worse. Like somebody could have gotten hurt, um, and he could have lost a bunch of sponsors, and he could have gotten arrested, and he could have charges. Which we'll see if he gets charges because the Colorado police department or the precinct he was in in Glendale is still investigating so I guess there could be charges but nothing has happened so right. far like this could be a wake up call without a whole bunch of repercussions, repercussions. and that's yeah, a good thing absolutely it has to be a wake up call like if yeah. he's gonna be if he's going to be the player to be the person that he wants to be to lead the team that he wants this team to be you gotta you gotta realize where you're at right now you've gotta see okay I, I've made a mistake which nothing he's done is unforgivable 
No. No, no, no. one's no one's gonna just the, the whole city of Memphis is not gonna be like, oh yeah. You go we, ten we, years we, with a clean track record, we'll forget about it for the most part. Right? Well, like, well. Even outside of that, you know, if you if you show true remorse for something and you try and you move on from it in the right way things can be forgiven we all make mistakes he's like i say it's a 23 year old well, multi 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 millionaire we mo- any of us would make mistakes in right. that scenario but those mistakes man i know they're hu- they're big that moment they're hey, big dude. let's be real about it though if they if he comes back and they make a deep run of the playoffs everybody's, everybody's gonna, gonna forget, forget about it yeah, anyway. no no i'm with you i'm with you but it's just He's got to sort of rehabilitate his image yes, over, over the long haul, regardless yep. of winning or not. To be honest with you, I feel like that's, it's less about his image and more so about just he clearly came out and said in a statement that you know he needs to figure out how to handle stress, the mental and side of things a little bit better. That's what I wanted to talk about, too. It's like people are going after that statement, and I don't get why. They're like, well, his PR team put it well, out. Well, screw them. Well, man, here's honestly. the thing, man. Like, If we're following over the last eight months, he beat up a 17-year-old. Allegedly. 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 Well, All this just, is alleged. Alleged. Let me just cover. I'm just yes, covering. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for covering those bases. Beat up a 17 year old. Allegedly. Um, he and his friends threatened a mall cop. Allegedly. Had a finish line because his mom called him. Um, and then I do he the and same his friends. Thing. He and his friends got into it at a Pacers game. At the Tr- Pacers game. Was it Pacers or Trouble? It was the Pacers. Okay. They got into it with Pacers players, and there was supposedly a red dot. Uh, yeah. All that. But this is the last eight months, and all of those. He has dug his heels in and been like, this is stupid. I can't believe they're coming after me. Like, I think it's a step in the right direction. He actually put out a statement this time. He could have put out a statement on any of these. On any of these. And he didn't. He went on Twitter and he was like, man, this this investigation is a sham. It's phony. You know, that type of thing. Especially with the Pacers dilemma with the NBA. So... Regardless of a PR team put it out for him, if an agent put out for him. At least there's something out there. Like, that's the first step in at least acknowledging... Okay, there's wrong. And moving there. away from it. Yes. Separating. Yes. Not standing by it, but yes. moving away moving from away it. Moving away from it. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a big difference to me, regardless of who put the damn thing out. Yeah. All right, Kenny. Last point and let's get out of here. Yeah, man, it's a big one. Um the NFL draft combine is going All on right. right now. And I know that we have um kind of you know the football season is over so everybody's kind of turned their eyes away from football but it's still going hot and heavy so what have y'all seen who have you been most surprised by are there any things that anybody that has that you've seen that you, has disappointed you like what are what are some of your thoughts about the combine going on right now uh, um, who's your who's your you biggest ahead. performer so far you want me to go first you go ahead man i'm between two people I'm between Anthony Richardson and Nolan Smith. Maybe but, too. But I'm, same, I'm, a, I'm gonna exact go same too. I'm gonna go Anthony Richardson because my gosh, my gosh, forty and a half inch vertical broke Best. the broke the quarterback record. Ten foot nine broad broke Best. the quarterback record. Four four. Four. Fourth best ever for a quarterback. At 244 pounds. <laughs> 6'4", 245, running a 4'4". That is so scary. <laughs> yeah, apparently, he threw the ball 60 miles an hour on those slant routes. And yeah. like, that's the second fastest time ever yeah. clocked. So, here's the thing. Do I think he's ready? No. no. We've talked about this. Yeah, do, I, no. do I think he's a good quarterback? No, I don't. Not yet, at least. Do I think he has the raw talent to be incredible? Good Lord. Absolutely. If this man <laughs> gets a, if this man gets in the right situations and sits behind a a, a bridge quarterback or a, a veteran quarterback for two years and gets the right coaching, we know how key that is. Not just coaching, the right coaching. Man, he could be a superstar because he's got all the intangibles. So 
there's two guys I want to point out real quick, and then I really want to get on this AR topic. Like yeah. Elijah Cansey from Pitt is going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Very short, lean from Pitt. He's getting Aaron Donald comparisons. Of course. I think that's stupid, yeah. though. The, the, more, the, the better one's like Geno Atkins right now, type. I think right now, think of him as a pass-rushing interior guy. Geno Atkins. Yeah, think of him as that right now. But he ran a four six seven. That's yeah. the fastest time for D tackle since uh, uh, 03. That's yeah. ridiculous. And, we, and, and, and what is he? Two eighty three. Six foot two eighty. Two eighty. Yeah, Come like on. he ran a four six seven. And then Nolan Smith four three nine, and he's supposed to be an edge defender. Now he didn't have a lot of production at Georgia because there's a lot of guys next to him. And but, he had the injury this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And but there could be some development. Uh, he, there's a lot to be unlocked there. But Anthony Richardson, brother, what in the world, man? I, if you if you don't think this guy can grow into a good quarterback, you're not watching right now. Yeah. Not, you don't understand. You don't understand raw talent and where it can get you. And to think about all of the athletes at the quarterback position we have these days: Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson. You want to throw it back to Cam Newton. You want to go back to Michael Vick as an athlete, yeah. and who he was. Josh Allen. You have all those athletes, and I think it's not even close to a stretch to say this is absolutely, positively the best athlete at the quarterback position we've seen in the history. Of the NFL. Yeah. Truthfully. Is he the most polished prospect? Hell no. No. Is he, do I have a full, whole bunch of confidence that he can land anywhere and be successful? No. No. But if he gets in the hands of the right quarterback coach and they can mold him into a pocket passer and find a way to, to, to unlock his ability from the pocket. Sky is the good limit. Good God, man. He's scary. Yeah. He's scary. So, and you saw him throw. Oh, yeah. He's got It a, takes a flick of a wrist. He's, he's got a 60, rocket launcher. Man. It He's goes got a sixty. Absolute rocket. And I, I, I know people get annoyed with all the natural ability and all the physical traits talk, but if you get in the right system, and by the way, his interviews were great, according to most. Yeah, of the, everybody most of the said people. he was he, he's extremely impressive. O's, those type of things. If he gets in the right situation with the right coach, this guy, this guy's got so much damn raw ability. It's not even. It's not even cool. Like to think about Cam Newton and me saying. Without question, Anthony Richardson yeah. is more athletic than Cam Newton. Yeah, that w- that would have been crazy to say. Yeah, but it's not. What about Darnell Washington, he's huge. Did you see what he ran? What did he end up running? Four six four. That's good. At six seven two sixty five. I get it, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. With Come on, man. Here's that's the thing impressive. With no, that's that's very impressive. He's just not a natural catch for the football. He's not. Man. He's absolutely not. He'll but, probably be a first round b- guy. But same thing. Can he develop into? An absolute monster. He's been there for a while. He was at Georgia for what three, four years. Yeah, you know, like I listen. I think he'll be a. He's one of those guys that no matter if he's a a good pass catcher or not, he'll be in the NFL for years. Yeah, eleven and twelve personnel. Because he can block. He can block his ass off because yeah. he's six seven two seven seventy five basically, um, or was it two sixty five? Two sixty five. Two sixty five. So he'll be in the league for. 10, 11 years if he wants to. Yeah, he'll always have a spot. But like as far as like a first round tight end these days you're looking for a pass catcher a guy who can go catch 50 balls yeah. 60 balls a year i just don't know if he's that guy right now what about Keshawn booty speaking of a fall from grace 29 inch vertical 29 inch vertical wide receivers have to test well 29 inch vert 9 10 broad jump 4 5 40 4 5 will keep him it's not bad okay 29 inch vert yeah that's not good it's not great. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, There's another guy by this way. If we're speaking of offensive linemen, yeah, uh, Blake Freeland, 
from uh, BYU. Yeah. I don't like him on tape. No, but, but he, just he tested wait. so well. Just wait. He'll probably sneak in the late first round, yeah. early Dude, second. Dude, he, he tested I, I don't think he's that good. Though. I don't either. I, like, full disclosure. I don't think he, like, on tape he's not great, but he, what, ran a 4-9, yeah. jumped 37 inches. His broad was, like, 10 10 Yeah, he, te- he tested absolutely. So he'll, he'll be a guy that jumps up. And I, I do like uh, – uh, I like the Darnell Wright a lot from Tennessee, how he moved. He didn't – I don't know if he oh, tested unbelievably. Yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah, right yeah. tackle. Right so tackle. He, didn't move, he didn't test unbelievably well. He tested really – he tested okay. Yeah. But his, his like, movement, his, his sets and everything, I think that's a guy that will jump up draft boards and, yeah. get, and get picked a lot higher than people think. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that does got, it. What do you? What? I, I want to ask you, Gabe, as a former offensive lineman, yep. um, Wanye Morris um, running the forty. Um, uh, there's a lot of questions yeah, going on right now he, about he, should offensive linemen run the forty? He tore. He, he, did he tear his hamstring, or he definitely really he did something. He bad. messed it up bad. He ran like a five one one. Even on that attempt, though, he fell through the through the finish line. Yeah. Uh, I don't see the point. Here's in my it. thing. I think always they're going to pay attention to the 10-yard split for O-linemen right. more than anything. Right. But, like, that, O-linemen never are going to run 40 yards and sprint 40 yards like that. There's situations where they could get in front, out in front of a very screen. Very rare. But, like, I'm not going to – I don't think we need to change everything over one guy – no, hurting. I, I mean, hamstring. I don't. I don't. And, I, and, and full disclosure, I was a guy at my pro day who hurt my hamstring. I I had ended up getting a, a little tear in my hamstring. What'd you so run? I ran a five two, five two five. So it wasn't bad, not great. Um, but but it doesn't really matter. Like as my my, my hamstring got hurt too. But like that's that's out there. Like not every like that's one guy out of however many they invited right. along the offensive line and defensive line. So I don't think we need to change our ways with it, but. I guess I guess I can get behind not emphasizing the forty as a whole. You can emphasize the ten, but don't emphasize the forty. Yeah, agree. All right, well, let's get out of here, Gabe. As we mentioned at the midway point, head over to BluffCityMedia.co. All the Grizzlies news is being covered there. All the Tigers news is being covered there. Stay tuned throughout the weekend. I'm going to keep reiterating it. Stay tuned during the conference tournament. We'll be live social media. We'll be blowing up. We'll have videos. We'll have a ton of content coming from Fort Worth this weekend. Guys, subscribe on YouTube. Everything is there. All of our podcasts are there now between the Grizzlies and the Tigers. All that content's there as well as press conference conference clips. Uh, So go over there, subscribe, like, leave a comment. We Honestly, me and Kenny check every single comment, so we will see it. Um, But, yeah, just support us in that way because it helps out a ton also if you go to bluffcitymedia.co you click on the join tab you can see the ways that you can get in whether it's a monthly insider or a yearly insider and you see what those things come with um they're it's it's pretty great i'm not gonna lie we talked about the discord multiple times get in that discord come hang out with us come talk to us during the games um you can you can make fun of gabe a little bit if you want yeah, to i'll be in there his chili will be hot. My chili will be hot at some point. <laughs> and we, so we actually launched something, sorry, launched something new today. <laughs> Wherever you get in, whether it's monthly or yearly, we're offering 10 days free now off the top. So first 10 days are free so you can see what everything looks like. You can see uh, what we're offering and decide if it's worth it or not. So check it out. Continue supporting us, and we'll see you guys back here next week.
Thank you for listening to this episode of On the Bluff. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a comment wherever you download your podcasts. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co where you will find comprehensive coverage of Tiger Athletics and how you can become a contributor. We'll see you back here next week.